Hey, Barracuda. Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Every time. Hey, horror heads. What's up, guys? <laughs> oh, for the love of all things holy and unholy. <laughs> So this week, Mark is going to start off, since I took yeah. up all the time with the Bucks County boys, and wasn't that a fucking doozy? Oh, yeah. And I'm going to follow up that with another doozy in some aspects. Um, when I say the names Norman Bates, oh, shit. Leatherface, oh, shit. and Buffalo Bill, Whoop! what come to mind? Horror movies and serial killers. What if I told you they had one common factor? Leatherface, Buffalo Bill. They wore people's skin. In a, that's close to what I'm trying to get at. The one common factor is they're all inspired by Ed Gein. Oh! <laughs> and today, my section is all about the graphic novel. Did you hear what Ed Gein does? Wait a fucking minute. I never knew Leatherface was based on Ed Gein. Yeah, the whole wearing the masks out of their faces. He did that. Well, shit. Yeah. This ought to be good. So, I'm just going to read this as, as I wrote it. Norman Bates, Leatherface, Buffalo Bill, and several other silver screen murders have one common factor. Ed Gein. Gein served as the inspiration for these murders due to the godforsaken, heinous crimes he had committed back in the late 50s. I read the graphic novel and, oh boy, is it graphic. You read that whole fucking thing? I read it all last night in one go. The whole book? Mm-hmm. Graphic novel. It's, a, it's just a really long comic. Oh. But still, it was, whoo, it was a hell of a read. Uh, I read, did you hear what Eddie Gein done? And it was created by Harold Schechter and Eric Powell. It gives an immersive account of Ed Gein's life as a mama's boy, a loner, and the Plainfield ghoul, among other nicknames he got for the murders. As, ugh, excuse me. Oh my god! Such as, I believe another one was Fucking like... Fucking G Fuel! Yeah. Hey, you guys should sponsor us. Love it. Um, he was known as the Plainfield ghoul, the Mad Butcher, and several other like similar nicknames. Now... You guys don't probably don't know this unless you know me personally, and I know you know this. I don't really like following crime, like true crime and serial killer stuff. No, that's me. It's a bit too fucking depressing for me. Yeah, that that that's the mama's thing. Because I don't want to have to think about how a real person could commit the crimes that someone like Gina had done. And you that's know? why I listen, listen, look. That's why when I went to college, psychology was like my favorite because. I know, back in the days of Blockbuster. Oh, God. <laughs> when Big Daddy and I first got together, and he would rent his chick flicks, uh, and I would rent, like, serial killer shit, I know my little ass was probably on some FBI list. <laughs> Look at this little bitch. Buying oh, these fucking serial killers. Every shit. week, she's got another serial killer. So, yeah, that's me. But I've always been, like... What makes, what happened up here? Exactly. Or what's different in there? Because there, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a proven thing. That, that their brain some, is just made up different. It's switched, there's something switched off. Yeah. And it's usually like a, um, 
it's usually like the uh, the part of your brain that Feels shows empathy. like yeah empathy compassion. Oh, psychology was like my shit. And another one is um, sometimes it's the part of your brain that controls self preservation is turned off too. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and that was honestly the prevailing thought as I read it. Really, I know like I I know all I know everything that that book talked about happened, but it's just so unbelievably gruesome that it happened in the real world. Yeah. That somebody would ever do that shit. Exactly. You see something like this in a movie or a game, you think, oh, that was creative, or yo, that's fucked up. But knowing that it could have been inspired by people like Gein or Dahmer or Gacy, it just gives me that really heavy lead feeling in the pit of my stomach. Yeah, like you want to hurl? Yeah, not even like when I, like, like if you eat something too dense and it just sits there and you feel like sick. Yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. That's how it feels like when I have the, when it's like, I don't want to think about it, how it's real. I just want to enjoy it. And then I'm thinking it, and then it comes back. It's like, yeah, you know, this shit happened, right? And my stomach's just like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway. But yeah, you'll watch horror flicks. Uh, like I said. <laughs> it's because you know. Because yeah. it's fake. I know it's fake. I'm the documentary whore. But I digress. The comic is as much clarity as it can with the information that uh, Schechter had access to because he was like the researcher of it. Right. And he's done a bunch of, like, true crime stuff in terms of novels. They give you a small bibliography of what he's done in the back of this. Ah, the old bib. Uh, let's see. He's, the old bibliog. He's the author of the nonfiction books Fatal, Fiend, Bestial, Deviant, which I think that's the one he did about Ed Gein back in, like, the 80s is Deviant. Uh, he, oh, he did more than one about Ed Gein? Yeah, it was Deviant, and then this one and probably some other ones. Uh, Deranged, Depraved, The Serial Killer Files, The Mad Sculptor, and Maneater. The Amazon... Ch eh, and Maneater. And yeah, but yeah. He's done a lot of different, like, true crime nonfiction stuff. Well, I think that's kind of cool that it's almost like a comic. It makes it easier to read. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot easier to digest. Uh, <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> yeah, it was. But funny. But yeah, Listen, even, guys, we're not laughing at the shit that he did. We're laughing because if we don't, the it's reality just, of the shit that it's he gonna did... It's going to sit in. It's gonna it'll sit, sit in. like he said, in the pit of your stomach, like the depravity of, of, of what a human being can do to another human being. Yeah. And um, so for like the research and whatnot that they did... They use, like, newspapers from the time. Like, you know how you can go into the library and they have, like, the scans of old newspapers? Yeah, well, you can even go... I think that the website is called newspapers.com yeah. and you can get a subscription. When we start making money, if that ever happens, come on, guys, please rate us and share <laughs> us. And, we'll, you know, we'll even start a Patreon once we get hey, people. Hey, this, we're not even ten minutes in and you're already ending the episode. Stop it. <laughs> but, no, that would be, like, a great resource for yeah. us to have. But, yeah, newspaper... Support. Hey, 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 not yet. <laughs> but yeah, they use newspapers, the forensic I'm documents. I'm not even drunk yet, that's the sad yeah. part. Forensic documents, psychiatric reports, you know, all that kind of stuff. And some of the scenarios and characters that uh, were used and portrayed in the comic come from Gein's own confessions during, like, the different interrogations and whatnot. Um... For example, due to the high volume of, like, reporters that descended upon Plainfield at the time, they had actually condensed the concept of all the uh, reporters into two different characters that they had created for the story. 
One was like the the tabloid reporter that just wanted a juicy story. Right. And then the other one was like the actual reporter who wanted to find the facts. Those characters are Jack Humple and Dexter Corbin. Well, I like the name Dexter. Dexter Corbin, I believe, was supposed to be like the, 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 the hard-hitting, real news guy. And they've even actually created an original character that served as like the figurehead of a theory that the creators themselves had. Oh, okay. Which, if I can't, I can't remember if I wrote it in this, but if I didn't, I will bring it up at the end. Now, for those of you that have no idea who I'm talking about, which would be weird, uh, Ed Gein was a seriously disturbed man who murdered at least two, at least two women, and dug up about eh, roughly ten or so corpses. Fucking nasty. Of which he would then slaughter them and use various body parts to make masks, clothes, and random furniture around his home. In the comic, there you have the uh, scene where the... Wait, wait, wait. Is he the one with the nipple belt? Yes. Ah! Yes, he is. (laughs) The nipple belt, the fat lady tank top with the breast still on it. He had a thing for breasticles. Oh, I'll explain. I actually... They actually explained that a little bit. The fucking nipple belt. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he had a belt made of And they have a picture. Nips. They have a drawing of the nipple belt in here, too. We're going to have to take some pictures out of that book. Oh, for sure. Uh, let's see. Where the fuck? I'll look for it later. I forgot to put down the page that they show all the different things he's made. Fucking nipple belt. He had pants made <laughs> from... <laughs> he had, like, a tank top made from... If you tell me he had pants made out of vaginas, I swear I'm getting up Cl- walking the fuck out. Close. Oh, my God. Not specifically vaginas, but it was, it was like, old lady... It was, like, you know how you say old lady pants? These were actual old lady pants. Like, pants made from old lady legs and shit. Oh, my God. Legs, ass, coochie, all that was part of the pants. <laughs> That's just foul, because back then, there was no ladyscaping. No, there was not. <laughs> so, he, and after all, after, he was, after all that shit was found, he was, sen- he was sentenced to essentially life imprisonment in Mendota Mental Health Institute due to being legally insane. No shit! You think? He wound up dying there from respiratory failure caused by lung cancer. And also, he actually tried to uh, petition for his release in the 70s. Yeah, that'll work. And they were like, sure, just tell us what these... They were trying to get like a gauge of like his mental state. Fucked up! That's what it was! Well, he is like, yeah, you know, because, like, that's the one thing that really freaked me out about it as I read it near the end, was the fact that, like, he was so, like, childishly innocent and calm through it all. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway. Ooh, my bad. Did you hear what Eddie Gein done gives a little insight to what his childhood was? Yeah. Gives a little insight into what his childhood was probably like. He had an older brother, Henry. Yes, I remember that. His father, George. Was an alcoholic, correct? Yes, heavy alcoholic. And his and mother was super religious? Very, like, yes. super strict. Her name was Augusta. Oh, Lord. The book portrays Augusta as a Christian zealot whose ideals could not be ignored. Yes, I remember. I, 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 sorry, my bad. <laughs> I just, I know a lot, yeah. but... I didn't know of the coochie pants. Oh, trust me. You, I, there might be some stuff in here that you might not know. And if not... 
I will tell you I did not know it. Yes. And not even that, but I will flip this I will flip through this book and show you the weird imagery from when they looked in his house. Oh, I'm definitely gonna look. But uh yeah. Augusta is a Christian zealot whose ideals could not be ignored. She essentially held the family hostage with Bible readings and refused to let her sons have friends as the other boys were, quote-unquote, those of harlots and sinners. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the point. Yeah. But yeah, anyone that wasn't their family was essentially God's rejects to her. Mm. Anything that wasn't... Meanwhile, her husband's a raging drunk... And I think he was also abusive. Uh, only when he was super drunk, from what the book was, from what the book showed. I mean, the, the, like the book. I'm sure the book left out a lot, but that's beside the point. Um, George was considered a failure, of, a failure of a man to Augusta since he couldn't down a since he couldn't hold down a concrete job, and she felt forced to do everything herself. They did bring up his drinking problem, but it was m- mostly to cope. With the stress of having to deal with his wife. <laughs> well. Because let me tell you something. In the fucking book, they, she was like, she was a whole different level of demonic. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching quite a few things and they were like, you know, it's no wonder he turned out. First of all, never say it's no wonder he turned out the way he turned out. Because that's a whole lot of fucked up mm-hmm. that nobody should ever turn out no. to be. But that woman... Was fucking cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Oh God, yeah, and and I hate that shit. The hell, she was a devoutly religious. No, you were fucking nuts. Yeah, and that was and the that's thing. why I don't fucking like religion. But yeah, that was like one of the things is that like anyone... I take my old gods over these new gods every day of the week and Ugh. twice on Sunday. But um, that was another recurring thing throughout the story was that anyone that had. And it had an interaction with the Gein family, was always like, oh, well, they're kind of a weird family, or, oh, that's kind of strange. It has to make you feel bad for the kids, though, when they're younger. Yeah. And anyone that specifically had to deal with Augusta called her a bitch. (laughs) Well, you know. So. Call a spade a spade. Henry was the normal one of the family. That's the older brother. The older brother. He was the, the normal one. Uh, well, as normal as you can be in that family. True that, yo. Uh, while Eddie himself was kind of a slow, sensitive child who doted on his mother and followed every order without question, which is where we get the Norman Bates, uh, mm. inspiration. I think I saw somewhere, too, where the older brother, the mom, actually would scream at him and put him in a corner and not let him eat if he didn't do what she said or... Yeah, he was more of the... He was the more rebellious one of the two. Yeah. He actually wanted to, like... How do you do that to your child? When you're psychotic. <clears throat> I could never... Mm. But, and, um... Yeah, he you. was the one that, like, when he got older, he's like, Eddie, I have to go. I yeah, can't do this. Fuck a whole lot of this. Yeah. I'm not going to fuck around and find out anymore. Yeah, so throughout the story, it shows, like, how... Ed, Ed Gein was, like, you know, bullied and abused yeah, by... Yeah, he was a mama's boy. Well, not... He was bullied by the other kids because, you know, he he had that kind of, like... That kind of, like, um... He had that slow I am so sorry, guys. You are gonna hear me burp and Mark burp and... Like a we said previously... Like we, a we said? Like a we said. Like a we said! <laughs> That's... Uh, we, we try to, like, pride ourselves on not having to edit. Yeah. 
Unless it's like, you know, super bad, but <laughs> this is just us. Anyway, but sorry, yeah, my he, bad. It talks about how he was bullied growing up by the other school kids, how he was abused by his mother. Um, Didn't she used to lock them in closets, too? I don't know about that, but, like, she would... There is one point <laughs> in the comic where uh, she kicked him down the stairs, but grabbed him immediately after and then blamed it on him. Like, oh, you're a fu- You're such a stupid child. I can't believe you would fall down the stairs and blah, blah, blah. I always have to protect you and blah, 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 this and that. And you find out that before Ed Gein was born, she wanted a daughter that she could have as, I guess, in her own image. Right. And apparently there were times... Sell it. Yeah. And apparently there were times that... She basically almost threatened to uh, forcibly do so to Ed. Oh. Oh my. Like she was going to cut his pee-pee off? Yes. Like, and there were also times where... And turn him into a girl. Yes. And there were times where she dressed him up as a girl. I I remember that. Yes. And, you know, it was just... she was... She fucked him up. She was... Makes you wonder if she didn't do... I mean... I'm sure. Was it a? Was it? What's the terminology? Like something just like. Was it inherited, or learned? Yeah. Like, did he learn to become crazy because his mom was fucking crazy? I think it was. Or did he just? Was he born that way? I think what it was is he nature over nurture. Yeah. What I think it was is it was the lack of uh, out. uh, It was a lack of understanding of the outside world. That's true. So, like, in his brain, everything he did, why did it matter? Wasn't good enough. Not even that. It was just like, I don't see why this matters. Like, you know, I I don't see a problem with it. Whereas out the outside world, they're all just, like, collectively vomiting in the streets at what he did. Yeah. And openly admitted to doing. But I digress. That's... That's getting a little ahead of myself. Yeah, my bad. I so, did it again. As he grew up, his family dropped one by one. First, his father, which plays out like, and I, this one, this part I actually remembered the pages for. <coughs> Page fifty-seven. I gotta blow my nose. <laughs> Sorry. Go. So, th- I'm sure this is just a dramatization, but the last thing the father says before he dies: "Keep your cruel god, Augusta." If he looks kindly on a hateful thing like you and orphans me, leaves me in misery all my days, I'd rather die a heathen and then dies. By the way, this is right bef- this is right after she's like doing another forced Bible reading with her sons. Mm. So he dies. And the next panel is just uh, the two sons and Augusta. And Augusta's just like, died on April Fool's Day. That's today! Go figure, right? Is that why you chose to do that today? No, actually. Well, actually, guys, by the time you hear this, it will be one week after April Fool's, but we are actually recording this on April Fool's. Died on April Fool's Day. Fitting. And I'm just like, damn! Like, this woman... What a raging see you next Tuesday. Like... I feel like she only married the guy because he was, he, I guess she felt he was spineless and she could take control, but it was just like... And to give her children a, yeah. da- a daughter that yeah. she never had. And then his brother died after the husband, which was, let's see, page 64 and 65. I apologize for the delay. 
Now, the way the brother died is a little sketchy. Yeah, I think I remember that. So, I'm just going to read these two pages because it's going to be quick. Okay, so. Quote, air testicles. Yeah. There are differing accounts on what touched off the marsh fire because there was a fire the day that he, he, they found his brother dead. Whether it was said accidentally or deliberately to clear the field, and if deliberate, whether it was Henry's idea or Ed's. What is known is that it quickly got out of hand, and according to Ed, the two brothers became separated as they fought the blaze. Ed would later. I thought you said fuck the blaze. Fought. <laughs> fought. This is only my first beer, Jesus Christ. Ed would later claim that setting the fire was Henry's idea. Oh, I think I do remember this. Go ahead. I coaxed him and tried to keep him home, but he just kept at me till I took him there. At the time it happened, though, newspapers reported that it was Ed who insisted on burning the marsh that day and that Henry had come along to help. Ed told the sheriff that after he managed to put out the fire, he went back to search for Henry, but it had gotten dark and he got and he was unable to find him. <coughs> what can I help you with, Mr. Gein? I can't find my brother. When the search party went to the site, Ed led them straight to his brother's body. But um, couldn't find him two minutes ago. I'm real, I'm real sorry for your loss, Eddie. My poor mother. I just don't know how I'm going to break it to her. You know, it is rather odd how you couldn't find him and then led us straight to where he lay. Funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Coroner ruled it a heart attack. Wouldn't be the first time a fellow Neil keeled over while fighting a wildfire. So, yeah. The circumstances are a little bit hazy, but they're also saying that, like, because he wanted... I think this was around the time that his brother said he wanted to leave. And basically called his mother crazy. And then Ed was just like, you shouldn't be talking about mama like that. So, during the fire, I think what one of the things that they are saying happened is that he bashed his brother in the back of the head. Uh, and then lit him on fire to hide the evidence? Yes. Then finally, the rotten bitch herself died. Let's see, pages 74... Yeah. There we go. So, the story of how this part goes is that I think he's going to get hay. He's going to buy hay. Um, and from us, this is, um, his mother's health started deteriorating at this point. Okay. Since it was just the two of them. And he's just like, Smith's got marsh hay. I'm going over there in this afternoon to cut, ask if I can cut some. Smith! He'll want an arm and a leg. I best go with you. He'll walk all over you. So they go to the house, and he got the Ed. Ed Gein goes to get the guy to come over to the truck because you know, mother's right. a bitch. Right. Oh my dang! Sorry guys, sitting weird. And what unfolds in front of them is this guy walks out with a puppy. This girl's try is this woman's trying to stop him from killing the puppy because I guess it pissed her shit on the floor again. <sighs> Does not work. Guy beats the dog. And the girl, the woman's freaking out. Then it shows a panel of the mother like, huh, like horrified. You okay, mama? Get, get me home. Mama, you okay? Home. Didn't you see it? So awful. The, the whoremonger. Hussy in his house. Unwed hussy. Your fucking voices are killing me. Half naked in his house. <sighs> so yeah, it wasn't the fact that she just saw a dog get beat to death. It was the fact that the woman, and by the way, not even half naked. 
And as as I show my mom this now, she was fully clothed. Oh, for the love of all things holy! This is how much of a how much of a religious fanatic she was. That if it wasn't like a three piece suit on a man or a dress that went down to the fucking top of a woman's foot. Yeah. It was obscene. Reminds me of, like, uh, Amish. Like, Puritan or... stuff, where it's like, oh, a woman's ankle. Oh. oh, my God. I see the top of her foot. <laughs> Scandalous. And the sight of that caused her to have a friggin' heart attack. Bitch, bye. And then Ed Gein freaks out, because now he's alone. His mother's death was the proverbial last straw that broke the camel's back. The man was so dependent on his mother that it drove him to murder women that vaguely resembled her. Older women past their 50s, heavier, etc. The prevailing theory is that he basically wanted a replacement for his finally, I mean dearly, departed mother. Mm. And it was... When she was buried, he had a poem written out for her and... He found out that she had one of those concrete vaults for herself. <coughs> right, a but, sarcophagus? Well, no, they actually just, they had it written out as concrete vault, but I'm assuming that's what it's supposed to be. And he's just like, but my daddy didn't have one. And he's like, the guy was basically... Because oh, he was a heathen. Yeah, basically. And he wasn't going to the land of the Lord. Basically, is what that's what I think, too. Fucking Cause hell. Because the, 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 the guy was just like... Yeah, your mother only paid for her to have one. Didn't pay for one for him. What a dick Oh, move. by the way, I forgot to mention this. The Gein family had their own, like, little corner store that was originally under the name of George Gein, which was the father. But then after it was changed over to Augusta, as she was now the, the owner and proprietor of it. So yeah, Augusta was basically, like, the backbone of the family, for better or for worse. Mm-mm-mm. As a loner, he was a dependable but still very slow-witted man, which is why he would call, which is why he would <coughs> joke, admit, air testicles. Yeah, about the murders, like <coughs> the first woman. I forget what her name was. Mary Hogan, I think. I think it was Mary. Was the first one? Yeah, was it? I don't remember. But yeah, I think it was Mary Hogan was the first one, and they would be like. Oh man, I wonder where Mary's where Mary was because she was the owner of a bar that he would frequent. Right. And everyone that went there knew her because she was just like this boisterous, loud, heavy German accent woman that would swear at her customers, like kind of what you would see in a bar nowadays. <laughs> and I think I would like her. And they, people would be like, "Oh man, I miss Mary. I wonder where he where she went." Haven't seen her in a few days. And Ed Gein would be the would be the one to be. He like, made her into some coochie pants. Basically. Or a titty belt. And he was just like, oh, she's down at my house. And they're like, ah, stop joking around. And it's just like, ah, about that. <laughs> she's part of the titty belt. And, but due to his reputation, like I, like I just said, reputation. Due, due to his reputation, people thought he was kidding and just being dark. And that all leads to what we know about him. The masks, the body parts, the murders, the... Bleh. Stop bringing up the nipple belt! And all the generally morbid shit that he's done to the bodies. They even, uh... Oh my god, my knee hurts. But yeah, it was a really fascinating read, even though that's not the kind of stuff that I'm into. And... I know I've had you watch Ed Gein stuff before. 
You might have, and I just don't remember it. I know you've seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've seen... I've seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I saw the reboot that they did recently, and God, that was awful. And, um... Of course I watched Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. But, um... It, the comic actually starts off... It was, uh, Psycho, Leatherface, and... Psycho. Yeah. No I would have never in a million years thought Psycho was... Well, when you think about how Ed Gein interacted with his <laughs> yeah, mother... Yeah, I, I get it now. Yeah. I get it now, but... Oh, and, uh... It start The comic itself starts off with, um... Uh, and like a mini interview, like a, like it talks about when Psycho first came out in theaters and how when it was in theaters still, they would stop people from coming into the movie. They would stop people from coming into the movie midway so they wouldn't get spoiled. Oh, okay. In fact, the sign says... Are we going to do this whole episode just for this? No, I'm almost done. I'm literally oh, well, like, I'm going to say it because I mean, if you want to, we can. Uh, the sign says, We won't allow you to cheat yourself. You must see Psycho from beginning to end to enjoy it fully. Therefore, do not expect to be admitted into the theater after the start of each performance of the picture. We say no one, and we mean no one. Not even the manager's brother, the president of the United States, or the Queen of England, God bless her. <coughs> and it follows with, like, a, like a, I guess, a transcripted interview with uh, Alfred Hitchcock. And they're talking about, like, how these murders... The man, the myth, the legend. The man of chocolate syrup. <laughs> Got more screams out of chocolate syrup than more people could do with actual blood. But, um... Ah, uh, God bless the black and white. Oh, yeah. Fun fact, Psycho was also the movie that... The first movie that showed a flushing toilet oh. on screen. Every time I hear Psycho, I think, Ree! Ree! Yep. Ree! That would be me with a knife in my hand, the shower scene. Anyway, yep. go ahead. And the interview was talking to him about, like, you know, these murders happened after the people saw your movie. What do you have to say about that? And there's one thing where it's like, the guy killed three women, two of which before the movie, and the third one after he, he was compelled to do after he saw the movie. And oh, he's Jesus. Like, That's as bad as blaming birds for fucking attacking you. Well, I did Come that, the hell that, on. Alfred Hitchcock was just like, well, if my movie caused him to kill the third woman, what did he watch the calls and the kill the first two? Exactly. But yeah, that is uh, a kind of all over the place quick summary of. Did you hear what Eddie Gein done? Overall, enthralling read, very graphic imagery. Like, I'll have to show you the pictures that they. Well, like it's not like actual photographs. They just like sketch what like drew out like what they would have seen. But I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Alright. Well, I don't know if I can compete with that, but I'm going to give it a fucking shot. That ain't how I felt! <laughs> well, I, you know, the true crime shit is what fucking gets you. We're, 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 we're going to switch it up a little bit. Um, and I was telling Mark this, that... At least once a month, I want to try to do unsolved murder cases because the key to getting this stuff solved is keeping their name out there. And we, we all know that the media, they, they forget shit and names get forgotten and, mm -hmm. you know, people are afraid to talk. And maybe after 20 years, somebody won't be afraid to talk anymore. So anyway. This is a new segment we like to call Cold Case Carousel. 
Yo, that's fucking good. You're welcome. I just thought of that. You better write that shit down. <laughs> I will forget it. Cold case carousel. <coughs> and how many are you going to talk about? Just the one or a couple of small well, ones? Well, I, I, I'm going to try to get these two in. Um, we'll see. Cold case carousel. If I can only get, up... if I can only get one in, then then the other one we'll I'll have to later. just yeah I'll have to do later and throw another one. Just on tack there. it on somewhere yeah. else. Just you know. You Here we go. So, um, the reason I want to do this is in the hopes that someone out there knows something and will come forward to help the families. So yes. since most of them do not have much information, I'll do a few of them at a time. Maybe not so much this episode, Sorry. but <laughs> so, no, that's fine. Cause that was really good. Um, most of these will be short, but I think it's important to get their names back out there. Yes. They deserve justice. Their families deserve mm -hmm. peace. This is an unsolved murder in Gloucester County, and you are going to shit your underoos. I hope not. I like this pair. <laughs> <laughs> this is the case of Minerva Hill. Her cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head, and she died of a brain hemorrhage as a result. You'll see why I'm saying this one will make you shit yeah. your pants. She was from Paulsboro. Oh, shit. She was 23 years old when she was murdered, though I did see it on newspapers.com, which I told you we need to get a <laughs> subscription to, um, that she was 24. Some say that she was 23. So How long ago did this happen? 1979. Sunday, June 10th, 1979. So you were I eight. was nine years old. Eight. You weren't nine yet. Oh, yes, I was eight. So anyway... She was discovered wrapped in a sheet at the intersection of Berkeley Road and Swedesboro Avenue about 1 a.m. Sunday, June 10th, 1979. She was fully clothed and had on a green and white halter top because, you know, they, we, we wore that shit back in the day. Yeah. Um, I lost my fucking place. Halter top. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and bright green shorts. So, hopefully... Since she was fully clothed, she wasn't raped. Because I fucking hate that. Unless it was unlike the other one. <laughs> where My they, bad. Where they, did it, where they did the deed and then managed to take enough time to put the clothes back on normally. But and put them on wrong. Yeah. So anyway, the police were called out to a air testicles, suspicious object lying near Elizabeth Street, which they called Lover's Lane. <laughs> I have never fucking heard that. And well, I mean, Lover's Lane is just a colloquial term for, like... Deserted roads and whatnot where people go to... Yeah, but you know where the tower is in Paulsboro. Yeah. That's where she was found, right there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the water tower. Yeah. Right by the high school, right? By the river. Down by the river. Yeah. In a van! Down by... Anyway. <laughs> so she was tiny. She was only four foot nine, and I think that four foot eight is actually considered little person status. Yes. Um, And she had recently moved back to the area after living in Florida... And was living with relatives, probably saving for her own place, I'm yeah. sure. The police believed back then that she was killed somewhere else and dumped there. Um, I really wish that I could have found more information on this, but unfortunately, because it's so old and it's a cold case, mm -hmm. that's really all I could find. I do have pictures. I'm going to put that on YouTube. I'm so fucking far behind on YouTube. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm sure they could do some kind of, like, <sighs> I wish forensic stuff was, like, better back then, because I'm sure there was, like, 
hints of well, dirt the, and whatnot not from somewhere that. else. It's, it's probably like they didn't save this. Cause yeah. Who would have thought back in 1979 that in 2022, <laughs> <Took you second laughs> huh? you would be able to do all the amazing shit you yeah. can do. Like th- 3D image scanning of like a partial skull, like a partial skull chunk, and you figure out what was the rest of the skull supposed to look like. Yeah. So anyway, if you guys okay. knew Minerva Hill or knew anyone in her family and have any information or you saw something or you heard something or you uh, heard someone talk about something, please contact the Paulsboro Police Department at 856 856- Four two three, one one zero zero, or Sergeant Dion Hendry from the I think it's the Gloucester County Attorney General Office. Uh, oh, excuse me. At eight five six two two four eight two three one, and I did get that information from Gloucester County, New Jersey gov and newspapers now, now, I'm going to try to fit this other one in here. Well, before you continue on, if you do know, like, we just gave... I mean, this is so close to home. Yeah. Well, it's also the fact that, like, we gave out numbers to for people to call. Listen, if they people, don't be afraid. It was 1979. Chances are the person who was threatening you if you knew something is fucking dead by now. So. Oh, you just reminded me of something, but I'm going to have to save that for a different episode. What I was going to say was, don't call to be like, Oh, I know what happened here. This is what actually happened. It's like, don't be don't be that guy. Just, you know, if you do genuinely have any knowledge of the of the uh deceased or the hurt like mom like my mom said heard anything whatsoever about what may have happened, don't be afraid Just to speak up. Just give the information you have. Don't be a dick about it. Even you can even call in anonymously. Yeah, they Like that's a thing you can do. All right. So, next up. The next one I have is the double murders of Susan Davis and Elizabeth Perry. It's a little bit of a plot twist to this one. Uh-huh. So here's the stats on these poor girls. They were both 19. I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. When did this one take place? 1969. <laughs> nice. Yes. So May 30th. 69. Susan Davis and Elizabeth Perry were last seen alive on Friday, May 30th, 1969 at 4.30 a.m. Damn. In Ocean City, having breakfast at the Summers Point Diner. They were heading north in their baby blue Chevy convertible. Nice. They were heading home to Pennsylvania after a three-day vacation. Okay. The car was found later that day, parked about two miles north of Summers Point, and we live in Jersey, so we know where they are situated. Yeah. <clears throat> Summers Point Ocean City Exchange abandoned, so it was towed because, you know, that's what they would do. Yeah. The girls were reported missing by their parents on Sunday when they failed to return home. Remember, they left Friday. Mm-hmm. I think. Isn't that what I said? I think yes, so, yeah. Friday. <laughs> <clears throat> Good Lord. Our ADD is working overtime right now. <laughs> you ain't fucking lying. <laughs> on Monday, June 1st, at around 1.30 p.m., only about 100 yards into the woods from where the car was towed from, the police found two bodies. Mm. They were concealed in a pile of leaves about 20 feet apart from each other. Hmm. Elizabeth died of a chest wound that had penetrated her right lung. She was also stabbed in the abdomen and had a surgical... Superfit... I said surgical. Superficial? Motherfuck. She also had superficial... There you go. Knife scratches to the side of her neck. 
dude, what a fucked up way to go. Not that any murder is a good way to go, mind you. A too, Brute? She was still wearing her green dress under britches. You know, her bras and yeah. underoos. Not really underoos, but you know. That's just my mom's catch-all term for underwear. And um, had her shoes on. Okay. Susan, on the other hand, was naked and died of a wound to her neck that was so bad it severed her larynx. Uh, larynx. Larynx, larynx. Larn- that, this. She's motioning under her chin. Larynx. She was also stabbed on the left side of her abdomen and the right side of her neck. The light blue jacket with her initials under britches, blueprint dress she had on, all of this was found in a pile, like, close by. But she was naked. Mm-hmm. This whole thing screams sicko to me. Mm-hmm. And to take these two girls at the same time, like, to me... That means you're holding one girl and threatening the other girl with the girl you're holding. Yeah. Like, if you fuck up, she I'm going to kill this one. Yeah. So that he's using one against the other. Yeah, so it's probably something along the lines of, get undressed right now or she's fucking dead. Yes. I mean, you know, and serial killers have used this before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Oh, Okay. They also found both girls' purses, and Susan had three bucks and some change in it. Which is probably like 20 bucks nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) So there were witnesses that said they saw a dark Mustang parked near where the girl's car was towed from. Mm -hmm. Now, here's some other information I found. According to HiImited.blog, H-I-I-M-I-T-E-D.blog, the girls were having breakfast around 4.30 in the morning. They wanted to get an early start and head back home and attempt to uh, beat the shore traffic. And we yeah. both know how bad that shit is. Oh, they God. Got. Now, they got... both weren't... They're not from Philly. Yeah. They were going to school in Philly. Mm-hmm. The girls were both from different states. Yeah. Just putting that out there. By the way, if you guys don't know, shore traffic in Jersey is god-awful. Fucking ridiculous. So, anyway... It said that while Elizabeth had her dress and shoes on, she didn't, in fact, have her underoos on, this article, and that they were actually missing. So, again, we've got one thing saying she had her underbritches on, and now this one is saying, no, she didn't. Yeah. Take it for what it's worth. Underwear was involved negotiably. (laughs) Some news sources said they were raped. Others said they weren't. And others said... Nothing about it at all. But I'm sorry, you find one girl totally naked and the other one is missing her underbritches. Someone My mind got raped. goes rape to rape. Someone is. Or some sort of molestation. One or both of them was raped. Let's be real. I gotta take a sip of beer for this. Hold on. Like, there is no way that you find a naked chick and don't already assume this. Whoever That's did my this first assumption. Alright, so the coroner determined that their time of death was about 6 a.m. Do you remember what time they were seen? 4.30 a.m. Yes. And it was reported that they had eaten and left the diner within an hour. So they were there from 4.30 to 5.30. Left. And the coroner is estimating their time of death at 6 a.m. So they so they only managed to get a half Literally. hour away. Literally. Yes. So 30 minutes, that's, that's horrific. That is the... That is a weird time frame. Like... Imagine imagine eating, like, eggs and bacon 
And then a half hour later, you're... Well, the coroner actually found the breakfast still in their stomach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, you don't go, you don't eat breakfast, and then 30 minutes later be like, gasping for your last, gasping your last breath. Like, that is such a weirdly short time. It just makes you realize how short life is. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the coroner also noted that one of the girls, and the article didn't say which one, Mm Mm-hmm. And that other article I read also did not say this, was tied to a tree with her hair, noting it was an unusual form of restraint. They had both been stabbed to death with a small knife, like a pocket knife or a pen knife. Like a little switchblade. And I know they're both small, but I'm not sure like of what the difference in the length is. Probably from like, let's see, a pocket knife is usually what, like about that, like the blade's usually what, like about that long? Like that? Probably, I think three inches or less. Yeah, and then a pen knife is probably, uh... It's probably... A pen knife might be longer, but, like, thinner. Kind of mm-hmm. like a needle, in a way. Like a like a needle blade. So, I lost Stiletto, my fucking Stiletto, that's place. the one I was trying to I lost my fucking plate. Oh, because uh, of hair. the girl's <laughs> neck wounds and the location being on the side, an investigator working on the case theorized that he, that the killer could have been hiding in the backseat of a car. Now, wait, I, I I have a little bit of an issue with this. Because now that It was a fucking convertible, how remember? Would they, yeah, how would they not oh. see someone in the back it's of the car? It's also May. So, eh, come I mean, on. It's, yeah, it's... Wouldn't four, you have the fucking top down? I would have the fucking top yeah. down. Yeah. So, anyway. And it's... I mean, the only thing that would, like defend that is that it's 4.30 in the morning who's gonna fucking see something that, that early slash late in the morning's night that's true even at 5.30 in the morning in May it's still dark yeah so it usually doesn't get sunlight here until like what 6 7-ish at the scene a men's diving style watch was found and it didn't have a watch band this was thought to be the killers the keys to the baby blue convertible were found 10 days later Tossed on the side of the road. Why they didn't find them the first time, I don't know. But anyway, mm-hmm. just a short distance from where the bodies were found. They didn't think robbery was a motive since the money was still in one of the girls' purse. And the car was still there. So he took these girls with the sole purpose of possibly raping them, but for sure to kill them. Yeah. Were there, were there suspects, you ask? Yeah. Uh, the- yes, there were. Witnesses say the girls had been eating breakfast with two young boys that morning. They were questioned and said they didn't leave with the girls, and they also passed a lie detector. Another, I witness, mean, a lie detector in the 60s isn't really worth much. Well, I think they were local boys, so... Yeah. Another witness at the diner said he saw a hitchhiker about 20 years old getting into the girl's car. He was estimated to be about 20 and wearing a yellow sweatshirt and carrying a duffel bag the boy was quickly identified he was 18 years old and acting very odd to say the least when questioned he did admit to being in ocean city that weekend and described taking a bus to get there but he hitched back to philly at the same time the murders took place this one flunked the polygraph and gave air testicles funny answers to critical questions per investigators. I can't say much. I would funny answers as in haha funny or funny answers as in why would you say that funny? Funny as in what the fuck. Okay. He even I made... would give funny haha answers cuz I would be nervous. <laughs> yeah. Well, he even made odd statements about the girls driving a convertible, him being in the back and the girls hair flowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. Basically all they had was circumstantial evidence and they had to let him go. Yeah. 
After this, there were a few more minor leads, but the case went cold. Until a new lead surfaced in 1980. So, 11, 11 years later. When serial killer... Gerald Stano, and I don't know that name, I'm going to have to look him up, (laughs) was arrested in Florida and confessed to the murders. He claimed they were his first, but his info didn't match up with what the investigators knew And when, when they went down to question him after he signed this confession. He gave the wrong location for the murders Mm -hmm. and got key details wrong as well. Basically, he lied. He didn't do... He didn't do it and was probably only confessing to delay his execution or... To again, get the publicity. Again, t- to gain some street cred in jail. Yeah. Which we discussed before. Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets interesting, though. If if you could say that. No, but for real, like, I didn't see this one coming. Yeah. Holy fuck shit. There could be a huge connection between these girls and a very famous, infamous serial killer. And let me tell you all, right the hell now, fucking wow. If this is true... Just fucking wow. I am just chomping at the bit right yes. now. Not like we can ask the bastard because he's dead, but his recounting of the events sounds a lot like this case. Let's insert Ted Bundy. Really? Yes, you heard me. Damn! Ted Bundy. Wow! Some of his nicknames was the Lady Killer, mm-hmm. the Campus Killer, and he's just basically an all-around fucking asshole of a dude. Mm-hmm. Maybe later, not maybe, but later, I will do a full episode on him. But, I mean, every true crime podcast has done a full episode, but anyway. Like, every true crime podcast does a full episode on whatever serial killer. Most people know who he is and what he's done, but but back to the story. Yeah. So, not long after Bundy's uh, execution, in January of 89, forensic psychologist Art Norman contacted the New Jersey State Police claiming that Bundy had confessed to the New Jersey murders, to him in October of 1986. He gave them a a tape of Ted talking about his time on the East Coast in 1969 Mm -hmm. and what he did here. He explained to this doctor that around the time he was getting into more violent pornography, and he had been visiting air testicles, flesh shops, along 42nd Street in New York City... Uh-huh. Strip club. Oh, flesh shop. Shows. Okay, that's what that means. Ted, I'm sitting here like, what the fuck does flesh shop mean? Yeah. <laughs> Ted said on 1986 tape, and I quote, I gotta fucking get this done. Talk about pe- Alright, don't interrupt. Talk about being pushed to the edge with the most sophisticated, explicit pornography available in this country. Here he begins speaking in the third person. He decided to take a bit of a jaunt to what he they call the shore, the Jersey Shore. This is early summer, so after being more or less detached from people for a long period, didn't have any friends, didn't go anywhere really, just more or less had school and then sort of entertained himself with his porna- pornographic hobby, drove the shore and watched the beach and just saw young women lying on the beach. You know, like an overwhelming kind of vision. He evidently found himself tearing around that place for a couple of days, and eventually, without really planning on anything, he picked up a couple of young girls and ended up with the first time ever done it. So when he left for the coast, it was not just getting away, it was more like an escape. 
end of Air Testicles. The doctor went on to say that Ted didn't rape the women because he was, quote, Air Testicles, overwhelmed by the magnitude of the crime. It was quite a wild scene. That's why it was very important because it was just a start. Mm. The doctor, whose name is Norman, <laughs> also said, Air Testicles, I'm convinced he did it. And I believe it was the first two murders he got into. He had no reason to lie to me, and if he was lying, he had been saving this information to 20 years just to con somebody. Hmm. Or is this just an amazing coincidence that he just happened to be there on Memorial Day when he went back to the West Coast, two, dis two girls disappeared at that time. This is just an amazing coincidence then, and I don't think he had any little book of crimes that he knew about that could he that he could use to throw his psychologist off. Everything else he told me had been borne out, so why would he lie about that? Mm -hmm. I believe him. Mm. I should note here that him and Gerald Stano, again, I have to research <clears throat> that, and old Teddy Boy were locked up at the same time, mm. in the same jail, in the same wing, and this is probably how Stano knew about the murders. Uh, so I just did some quick math. Ted Bundy would have been in his early 20s when they died, because you said the murder was in 1969, right? So... I'm pointing at Mark like, bingo! Yeah, because they, if they're saying that he was around 20, quote-unquote, he would have been like 23, I think. So yeah, it would have that would have been corroborated. So investigators, once again, tried to interview Ted in 1988, but he refu refused to discuss this case. Hmm. Later on, Ted recanted. While literally on his deathbed, a.k.a. getting ready to be executed. Yep. And said he didn't commit the murders, even though he had pertinent information on him. Like, he done fucking told you mm -hmm. shit that nobody else knew. Mm-hmm. As of today, this case remains unsolved. And if Bundy did do it, he literally took it to the grave. Wild. How fucked up, though? I mean, think about it for a second. It's been four seconds. <laughs> if he did do it, which I'm leaning towards he did. I could see it. Because how else would this... Well, George Stano... Gerald. George. Gerald. Got some shit fucked up, but they, they, they talk to each other. Yeah. How would Bundy know? Yeah, if he... Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's weird that he would, like, know the details, but, like, it's still unconfirmed if he was involved in some way. Because my original thought was that, like, maybe it was two people that did it. Well, the coroner said the girl's hair was tied to the tree, so that would explain how you get one to submit. Because the bitch is tied... Oh, I shouldn't say that. The poor girl is tied to a tree. I just say bitch all the time. I am so sorry. The poor girl is tied to a tree. But my point being, like, it does. It, you can't unless I that's, don't put anything past that fucker. I, I. My point is, it takes more than one person to tie anything around a tree. So I'm thinking maybe, if anything, Ted Bundy could have done it. But if it, this was supposed to be early in his career, right? Yes. So he could have had he an accomplice. Even, he, he said he didn't even rape these ones because of the magnitude of the situation. Yes. All right, guys. So. That's something to think about after you listen to this. But thank you for 
uh, listening to us rant for about an hour now. This is one of our longer episodes, I think. Yeah, I think this is probably the longest one. And uh, thank you for tuning in to Horror Cultural, where... We grow love for all things spooky and macabre. Yes, you did it! Fucking A! <laughs> she finally got it right, folks! Also, guys, uh, hang in there, Ukraine. We're still sticking with you. Um, you can hit us up on the socials at... Horror Cultural on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please, Twitter. And on YouTube. And you can also send us an email at horrorcultural... Is it one word or is it horror underscore cultural? One word. Horrorcultural at gmail.com with any suggestions of things you want us to look into. Or, or anything any... at all. Yeah. Hey, you guys suck. Hey, you guys are great. No, don't don't email us what you guys suck. That would... that would. I would, I would, pro I would if I was answering it, I'd be like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but we're gonna just keep getting better. Uh, recommend us to your friends. Rate us five stars. Rate every episode, guys. It will really help us a lot. And yes, I know. I still have to figure out the fucking RSS shit. <laughs> Anyway, we love you guys, and thank you so much for listening. See you guys later. Bye!